Hello and welcome back to Bull and Bear Crypto. <laughs> After some technical difficulties, we're going to jump back into the show. I was just recently streaming on YouTube and the audio quality was terrible. Got eight minutes in and then everyone was kind of saying you need to sort the mic out. So uh, we're going to jump back into it today. Just going to quickly go over a few things again that I mentioned in the stream. And then I'm going to jump into news for the fast couple of days, the key news. But the key questions today I'm going to be answering is, is Bitcoin going to continue to rally on higher? Or is it going to dump? Is it going to retrace? Are we going to see new lower lows? Um, but if you don't already, don't make sure you do subscribe and like and comment in the stream. Really appreciate that. Helps with the algorithm. Um, and follow me on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, and Twitter. Because on Twitter, I'm posting quite a few updates periodically throughout the day. Not going to be streaming for, you know, 24 hours. So Twitter is underscore bull and bear. But let's jump into it. So um, let's take a quick look at Bitcoin's price action. We can see we um, have established a new low, which is fantastic. Um, and we're seeing a bit of a price recovery. We've dropped 30%, which, you know, we're expecting many 30% corrections on these moves up. Um, the market's been relatively over leveraged. And I'm going to be talking a bit about uh, Binance futures and the insane amount of volume that's that's popped up in the last day or so, because it's indicating that uh sentiment is shifting once more because these aren't short positions these are long positions but key levels to watch again as i mentioned in the stream is uh let's say 46 to 47k approximately for an area of an area of uh, liquidity which if we do break below i'd be a bit concerned but until then short term that's kind of the level to be paying attention to to kind of keep responding to and keep bouncing from personally i actually think bitcoin is going to range a bit longer um, and then we're going to see some upside um, before we see anything kind of significant downside unless we do break below those levels, of course. And if you are looking for some altcoin long positions, for example, um, let's look at the LTC perp as, as an, a kind of an example of what you could do. Um, so as we zoom out, if you're looking to kind of take advantage, obviously you wouldn't make an entry now because we have a bit of a double tweezer top pattern forming, but you would place uh, longs um, where we recently bounced from and look to kind of take advantage of a support and resistance flip, which we can see we have, you know, resistance here, support here. So resistance here, support here, um, around the 163 uh, USD level. So it's kind of easy, kind of straightforward. Uh, as I did mention in the previous stream, I've been trading periodically and using the Asian, Asian session. So that's basically 12 to 2 a.m. UTC is when that kind of kicks off uh, to inform bias um, as to which way the market's going to go. So last two, not last night, but the two days before, um, you could see the Asian sh session was shifting bearish and there was sudden, a slow sell-off initially and then sudden sell-offs. And uh, I was shorting Uniswap and I shorted AVAX and I think the night before I shorted another coin, I can't remember. And then I played the bounce. So I was looking for coins that were the strongest uh, ultimately. So um, Sol was one of them, which did really well. I was in Ray last night. It wasn't as exciting, but it was decent, about 30% gain. So I've kind of been tapering off, but there wasn't that sell side pressure that I was seeing previously. Um, another reason to really follow me on Twitter is I'm, I'm keeping, I'm posting alerts from on-chain data at the moment, uh, which is giving insight as to when Bitcoin's kind of uh, flowing into the exchanges from either miners or whales or cold storage. That's kind of the attention I'm, I'm really paying close attention. Uh, those are the, those are the aspects I'm kind of re really paying close attention to because that's that's going to signify for me personally 
when we're likely to see um, a sell-off, um, when there's a sharp sudden spike. And if we take a look at the BTC all exchanges inflows, which is one of the alerts that I have set up, we can see that we have had the initial spike, the sell-off, and it increased, 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 and then tapered off. So this is the amount of Bitcoin that's being sent to exchanges on average. And then we saw another spike, slow increase, and it's kind of indicated that more Bitcoin is being sent to exchanges, but at a much slower rate. So either that's going to signify that um, there is going to be a bit of a set-off, and it's, it's being either being masked or hidden by not sending as much all at once, or um, the amount that just generally is being sent to exchanges is decreasing over time, which is what was, what was indicating. Anything over two uh, on this moving average is, especially if it's a sudden spike like so, it's kind of an indication that we're going to see a, a sharp set-off. But that set-off was healthy, clears out the over-leveraged positions in the market, uh, reminds people that the market doesn't only go up. And to be honest, we need it to kind of um, continue to trend upwards because we can't only go up. There's no such thing as an up only market. But let's talk about some news. So um, supply in Bitcoin corporate treasuries is at 7.1%. If you remember the last video, it was at 7%. So this is in ever increasing. Um, supply is drying up. I'm going to touch upon squ some square news later and what, what the implications are for, for the whole space. But we're going to move on to some key news. So as I mentioned in the previous stream that was just finished, um, the Bitfinex kind of FUD, so fear, uncertainty, doubt, that's been plaguing this space. I wouldn't say plaguing, but it's been quite reasonable, you know, to kind of pontificate and think about. Um, basically, it's been suggested that Bitcoin's price has been inflated because the amount of Tether, which is a synthetic dollar, has been... Um, has been um, pumped basically. It's pumping the Bitcoin price, so more Tether is printed, and Tether is meant to be backed one for one for the dollar. And um, the key concern for a lot of people is that, well, previously was that they don't actually have these dollars backed, so it's going to collapse the market when they get caught, and you know they have a lawsuit and all this, all this, all this drama happens. But um, Bitfinex and Tether have basically been banned in New York. This was it. Nothing crazy happened. We know York, New York has the most stringent uh, cryptocurrency laws in the, in the States. And they looked at their books uh, and the reserves. And ultimately, there wasn't any serious concern at the moment. However, what we did find out through this is that at the previous point in time, which we all kind of knew that, you know, Bitfinex and Tether, Bitfinex Exchange and Tether, have had this kind of incestuous relationship because um, they should really be separate entities but um, due to issues with the Bitfinex exchange Bitfinex essentially um, was propped up by Tether for a while um, with money that didn't really exist so they had a they had a debt uh, on their books and to, to Bitfinex basically but Bitfinex has repaid Tether basically and the whole the whole concern is that you know Tethers aren't backed one for one but if you look at their at their books basically um, they have aspects of their books which is loans to other people so it's not backed one for one but it's it's um, it's still it's, it's like fractional reserve banking it's actually what you would expect at a normal bank so Tether is basically the crypto bank for the cryptocurrency space. They provide liquidity for exchanges. They actually do a lot of good for this space um, in terms of 
allowing trading between exchanges and allowing people to enter the space because most people aren't really going to be able to trade the dollar uh because most people that are trading on exchanges outside the u.s or aren't based in the u.s are using the dollar as a kind of as a kind of uh uh hedge or cat or a or, or or base currency to kind of trade against rather than the native currency although binance has been kind of increasing the number of fiat pairings that have been but that's that's a very 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 uh long way away until we get the same kind of liquidity uh moving on so brave 2.0 so brave browser i'm using brave browser now i love brave browser because it blocks adverts on everything pretty much pop-ups aren't perfect but it's really useful i use it on my mobile app as well there has been some issues with brave recently so if you're using tor via the brave browser and this is kind of a heads up um tor has been uh essentially when you when you use brave browser it, it it lets your uh isp and the dns server um know where you're looking at on tor um to put it in simple words so you're kind of you're kind of it's it's kind of there's no there's no actual privacy there's a bit of leakage there to where you're going so that's an issue so i wouldn't use the tour function in brave but for me personally i just use it to block adverts i've been using it for so long i've actually forgot there are adverts on youtube and um when i started when i had to use another browser for some reason to watch a video and the advert had started playing i i genuinely got confused as to, to not under i didn't understand what was going on because it wasn't a video i clicked on um i was like oh my god that's an advert i forgot youtube even had adverts so highly recommend brave i think there might be a link in the description box below to uh brave which is a referral link um if you fancy you don't have to use referral link you can just go straight to the web page but i highly recommend using it um but Key news with Brave at the moment. So Brave 2.0, which is their latest, which is the edition on the horizon, is going to induce uh, a native Ethereum wallet. So quite similar to MetaMask as what you would expect, you know, and I can see why, because, um, you know, their base attention tokens, one thing, but MetaMask is making them, you know, there's, there's a bunch in fees uh, with regards to using MetaMask at, at the moment. So I think the fees are, are quite ridiculous. And we're talking millions of, of, of dollars in just fees via the MetaMask, um, being paid by MetaMask. So it makes complete sense. If they're going to get a slice, if they're going to get a taste of that action within Ethereum wallets uh, as a way of kind of, um, you know, earning income, but also providing a service. The key thing I also saw was that they're going to be um, using... Um, uh, integrating nfts and a decentralized exchange as well which is actually really fantastic because you know we we need to make it as easy as possible for people to interact with these blockchains we do want blockchain space to kind of be to be something that is is you know something that was kind of be adopted by most people brave brave is penetrating the kind of average you know non-technical users uh web uh, web browser usage i think because i've i've bumped into people that aren't into crypto that use brave which has been really surprising i didn't really understand how and it's the kind of whole positioning of it blocks adverts by default and privacy so you know if we can backdoor in some crypto into their lives as well that's a great way to do so so very bullish for brave not the base contention token but for the, the company itself i don't think it's going to move the base contention tokens price at all in fact it's more likely to improve ethereum's price because it's going to be an ethereum based wallet interacting with decentralized exchanges so 
Moving on. Speaking of some crazy shit. Um, so, I wish that would go away. <laughs> See what I mean about brave and pop-ups. So there's two key pieces of news, okay, with Almeida Research. So Almeida Research is essentially the research arm of uh, FTX's CEO. So this is pretty big. There's two things that we need to pay attention to. So um, Almeida leads 40 million investment in DeFi prime brokerage, brokerage Oxygen. Bear in mind, guys, anything that Sam's been touching recently has been really strong. I'm talking about FTT token. I'm talking about Sol. I'm talking about Ray. I'm talking about SRM. These coins are doing exceptionally well, especially when the market's been down. And um, they're likely to do really well. Sol on its own and Radium is 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 actually going to be very necessary because it's going to provide interoperability between multiple decentralized exchanges and means that you know you can tap liquidity through a single order book across multiple decentralized exchanges that's really what we need it's funny you know in this space when we were talking about interoperability three four years ago um it was mostly between ethereum bitcoin litecoin and those main chains you know the big dogs but what we're seeing is it's more these smaller uh smaller DeFi exchanges i say smaller the you know the trading volume on some of these exchanges is comparable to you know ftx um okx even coinbase so it's it's a it's clearly an emerging market in this space that's going to be well established for quite some time why not take advantage so oxygen is getting 40 million dollar investment from uh almeida research um, it's a Switzerland-based DeFi prime brokerage um, and uh, multi-coin Genesis Capital. Genesis Capital is huge and CMS also participated. So keep an eye out for Oxygen. Um, and then the other one is uh, Almeida Research doubled down on Maps.me. So they already invested in Maps.me. They invested another 40, uh, uh, 40, uh, 50 million. Uh, so that's huge. So that's uh, 140 million users on, the, on that as well. So... It's huge, huge, huge. So moving on, they're talking about Binance futures. So um, the daily volume yesterday was a hundred billion dollars. So that's pretty huge, okay. And the reason is we've just had a washout, and this is this is in indicating confidence that um, it's indicating confidence that we're going to see upside in the market or there's no fear of lever of no fear of leverage which is which is good and bad because it means if there is a sudden sell-off again these people are going to get hit because they're leveraged and they think oh it's okay i was well you know a lot of people lost a lot of money there's 400 450,000 in liquidations um yes uh during this during this last couple of days so 400,000, 50,000 people got liquidated. Apologies. 450,000 people got liquidated, which is insane. Uh, the data was provided by Bytebit. That's across all exchanges. So that that's that's huge. That's really huge. And people are jumping in now, overconfident. It's, it, you know, it's very easy to cut, for whales to kind of come in and be like, yeah, that's, let's, let's have a lot of sell-side pressure, liquidate all these positions, and then... Um, you know, buy lower, which is tends to, to be what, what happens in these instances um, if whales are really playing the market. And I did mention in my last video that miners are 100% trading these markets as well with some savvy. But there must be someone working at these mining firms with some savvy because what we saw was a lot of sell-side pressure. Uh, so what we saw was a lot, a huge influx of BT to, BTC to exchanges. 
extreme amounts of sell side pressure, markets dumping, and then a extreme amounts of buy side pressure, and exchange outflows of BTC to these mining wallets uh, increase as well. So, you know, whales are taking advantage. If you're selling your spot BTC, that's an issue, uh, especially during this current period in the bull market. Um, if you're over leveraged, um, then that's an issue as well. So, you know, be careful out there. Uh, moving on, talking about some bullish last few three pieces of news is very bullish. So Canada's purpose Bitcoin ETF now holds $470 million worth of BTC. Um, so this so this is the thing that I didn't realize until I listened to a podcast um, about these traditional instruments, okay? Once these instruments hold Bitcoin, they're not selling Bitcoin. The Bitcoin is not going to be sold. So so ETFs, ET, ETPs, um, Grayscale Bitcoin trusts, any trusts, these these you know these traditional financial instruments can't sell their bitcoin there's not a way for them to sell their bitcoin they're going to lend out collateral against their bitcoin they're going to either or they're going to um do something similar to a sailor etfs etfs won't be able to but trust trusts can they can basically say they're going to raise more money to, to acquire bitcoin and um you know it's insane it's insane so this is why we have to be you just do not want to be selling your spot btc if you think bitcoin is going to be doing well for the long term straight simple as that if you look at the stock to flow model you know you know i mentioned in my my previous video and guys i highly recommend watching this video by the way uh which is pinned to my uh twitter again underscore bull and bear because it talks about how to perfectly hit bottoms and tops with bitcoin um using all the models we have available to us and all the data we have available to us that's public um i do mention you know models are only as good for as long as they work but there's a lot of different models giving a lot of confluence that bitcoin is going to be 100k bitcoin is going to be 500k bitcoin is going to be a million at some point so you have to kind of be crazy to sell your spot btc uh, unless you're looking to sell at the top of a cycle and try to time a cycle and even then i wouldn't do it uh, the entirety of it because one you're that's a taxable event for, for a start so you're gonna have to pay tax on it so government's gonna get a hit get, get a taste and it means you'll probably end up owning less BTC and then secondly there's no guarantee that the model's gonna work models break all the time the model could break upwards the model could break downwards so there's, there's no certainty so I wouldn't sell all my spot I'd sell probably a small percentage um, and then move it off into cold storage so moving on so we've had a we've had another institution square um purchase 170 million dollars worth of bitcoin so their treasury is currently at five percent if you remember in the last video i mentioned how approximately about five percent of listed uh publicly listed companies are looking to acquire bitcoin and the percentage that they're, they're kind of allocating for is between one to five percent and this equates to a five trillion dollar influx into btc five trillion dollars moving into the, into bitcoin not crypto, Bitcoin. We're currently at a one trillion dollar market cap. That dramatically pumps the price of Bitcoin. Okay, and this is over the course of the next five to ten years, by the way. So bear that in mind. So, so five percent of publicly listed companies allocating five percent of their capital into BTC equals five trillion dollars, approximately, uh, moving into BTC. So again. You have to think about these companies. Are they going to be selling BTC anytime soon? No. Some of them will probably have weak hands. Square doesn't have weak hands. Um, but 
you know, you have to think about your own journey into the space when you were first introduced to Bitcoin and first bought Bitcoin. If you bought and have held for the duration of your time in this space, then you have diamond hands, but you're in the minority. So you can expect the same for uh, these companies, but probably on a lower level because um, they have Michael Saylor, you know, every day talking about Bitcoin, giving them, you know, the kind of Bitcoin playbook. Um, it, it just makes sense at the moment. There's so much strong demand. And the last piece of bullish news is CoinShares launches a new physically backed Ether ETP. So this is for ETH now. So it's kind of a similar thing with Ethereum. So um, the only thing with Ethereum is is supply isn't completely fixed. Um, technically, technically isn't completely fixed, but it's it's relatively low. Uh, in terms of new coins being distributed on the network. Um, but this is big because it's paving the way for similar, you know, similar similar thing we're seeing with BTC and these, these traditional financial instruments, um, but for Ethereum. So again, once Ethereum's locked up in these traditional financial instruments, they're not, it's not getting sold. You know, it'll be, it'll, be lent, it'll be lent against at most, but they're gonna just continue to raise capital and probably buy more Ethereum. Um, so huge news. So I'm going to go to the comments now and answer any questions in the feed. It's been 21 minutes. Try to keep it as, as short as possible. Um, keep it at maximum 10 minutes. It's not often we get to have Q and a, um, so let's quickly look at the questions. So what are your thoughts on XRP? Do you think the lawsuit will be thrown out? I don't think the lawsuit will be thrown out because there's evidence that it's been shown that they've been hiding, uh, things from exchanges in terms of their security status and also a lot of their positioning you know their arguments is is garbage it, if you've been in the crypto space um it's they just don't really have a strong leg to stand on with their arguments so what's the worst that's going to happen what's worst case scenario what's best case scenario worst case scenario is that they get shut down which is highly unlikely in my personal opinion i can't see it happening um i could see it being from a financial perspective that they get hit so hard with a fine that they just won't be able to operate but the thing is they just dump xrp on the market when it pumps so um and you know you can see this on the you know with the, the wallets you know because again you can see when these wallets move money and what wallets they're coming from you know when we see uh, Garling House or whatever, moving money from XRP to exchanges. It's kind of a sell signal. It's a strong sell signal. So um, I think the the no the, the the best case scenario is it gets thrown out, but that doesn't seem likely either. So it's probably going to be something in the middle. They get fined and they just move on. Now, XRP has been delisted from a few exchanges, which is fair. But it means that if anyone want to trade, wants to trade XRP, they have to kind of be on Binance at the moment and some of the other exchanges that they keep uh, still have it. So um, if we take a look at the XRP chart as well, I'll take a look at the chart for you just because it seems like you might be holding XRP. Phoenix, still trading on Phoenix. So look at Tether on uh, Binance. So if we zoom out, it's the daily time frame. Look at XRP. I mean, it's not the worst charts, but um, need a bit more info, a bit more data. It's not the worst chart, but it's in a bit of a tricky area at the moment. I mean, I'll be honest with you guys, this doesn't look great. Um, 
if it can't tap above uh, one uh, 60 cents um, just because there's a lot of sell side action from the 50 to 60 uh, cent range um, on the daily. The thing, the thing, the issue I have with XRP is that it's such an underperforming crypto. Seriously, guys, it's so underperforming. I don't, I don't know why you would want to hold XRP. Or you, I get trading XRP, but I don't know why you'd want to hold XRP. If you, if you are in these markets, the game is beat Bitcoin. Can you outperform Bitcoin with whatever you're looking to do? Okay, DeFi, you know, that's where most action is coming from at the moment. It's this, it's, it's this, it's this cycle's ICO kind of thing, where a lot of the action is coming from there. Similar with NFTs as well. If we look at if we look at XRP versus the dollar, it's it's in a downtrend, and you know it's it's broken. It broke out of that downtrend, uh, you know, back in August, and and you know almost back in August, maybe December, you could argue. But if you look at XRP versus BTC, it's just like why why would you hold XRP over Bitcoin? Um, timing wise, you know, I can see there's an argument that, you know, if you got in on January and XRP, there's some gains to be made, but there's just other coins that are just better and, and perform better, you know, um, you know, find a new, find a new hot coin and jump in. Um, does anyone else have any other questions? going to probably kill the stream. Um, thank you so much for watching. Really appreciate it guys. Thank you for listening. Um, Again, I, I do recommend following me on Twitter. Don't forget to like and comment as well because it really helps the algorithm. Al the, the algorithm needs a bit of love uh, from this channel. So um, make sure you do leave a comment if you are watching this on the replay or in the feed. If you do have any questions, um, I can answer them in the next stream as well. Wishing you guys all the best. Thanks for the follow, Ke uh, Kellen. I think you were in the feed previously. Um, but yeah, I hope you have an amazing day. So I'll catch you soon. And if you want to kind of stay up to date with my trading stuff, um, because we're doing relatively well, uh, do follow me on Twitter. Hope you have an amazing day. Catch you very soon. Wish you guys all the very best.